Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I hope to be able to entertain, educate, elucidate. Well, those are pretty powerful words. I don't think I'm doing that much. I'm just here on Business Buzz trying to keep up with local business, national business, oh, various types of funny business, monkey business. That's what Business Buzz is all about. It's no big deal. It's just a lot of fun. And I hope you're having a nice late fall afternoon in Chico. And I appreciate the fact that you can spend part of it with me here on Business Buzz. And, well, we got to talk business. So, like I try to do here, we uh, try to start at the local level and then work our ways outward and upward. So I'm going to be, I brought a few articles. I got a few interesting subjects. Well, the first one, first business article is the business of uh, filmmaking because we actually have a Chico film director who is doing very well with a major hit on Netflix and He's making a sequel that's coming out, I believe it's airing tonight or tomorrow night, maybe Thursday night, I'm not sure. I believe it's airing this week, and uh, just I would say congrats to a Chico film director who's starting to make it pretty successfully down in in Los Angeles. The reason this... this, uh, was very interesting to me personally, as I know this man, I've talked to him on the phone a few times, but he's the son of a person I've known a long time who lives in Chico. And, uh, the director's name is Sean Piccinino and he grew up in Chico and he's doing real well right now. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Um, says Chico and filmmaker Sean Piccinino struck gold with his Netflix original movie, a California Christmas. The film was released in December 2020 during the height of the COVID pandemic and shot to number one on the streaming platform. It was so successful that Piccinino decided to make a sequel entitled The California Christmas City Lights that will be available on Netflix beginning Thursday, December 16. Says uh, He's quoted here, he says, We wanted to make a fun Christmas movie and were shocked that it did so well, Piccinino said. I was getting Instagram messages from people in India and Australia. I was like, what? Anyway, it goes on to talk about the plot of the movie. I didn't see the first one, but I'm definitely going to see the second one and maybe go back and watch the first one. But um, it's just really cool that a local guy is doing that well and scoring a number one hit on Netflix, which is, of course, in December of 2020. I didn't even think there was any there were any theaters open so netflix would have been the would have been the place for the would have been the place for a movie to come out so netflix would have would have pretty much been it so the tax world i'm getting ready for the 2021 tax filing season there's still a lot of hangover from the campfire disaster and whether people have replaced their property in time. It's a very complicated subject. I've been reading up on quite a bit because I have a few clients who 
have not done their replacement yet, and they should have, but that's just uh, between uh, them, me, and the IRS, I guess. But it's interesting. It's a very complicated subject, and there's lots of options, though. So for people who did replacing, they're pretty much pretty much free and clear. As long as they reported it correctly, uh, they're, they're fine. If they don't report it, then it's not a good thing. So that's the main thing is if you, if you, if you had, other than a, most people who had a principal residence destroyed in the campfire, they're okay even if they didn't replace because there's a $250,000 gain for single people and a $500,000 gain allowed for the, quote, sale of a principal residence. And when it's a fire, it's called an involuntary conversion. And you have you have a replacement period to get a new home, or you might just have a gain that you let go that way. And it doesn't matter whether you're replaced or not. You know, it's still complicated that I'm, I'm really not giving tax advice over the air. I'm just saying if you have questions, you could call me or some other tax professional and ask. Uh, not all the answers are on the tip of my tongue on this thing. It's a very complicated area, but... Uh, if you had a gain and it wasn't your principal residence, it was like a rental property, then you you really do need to make sure you reported it properly on your tax return uh, so that you're, uh, if you're going to pay on the gain, that's how you do it. You, you amend your tax return and pick up the gain now if you didn't replace. So it's just, it's real tricky, real tricky. And I, like I say, I'm really not giving tax advice over the air. I'm just giving you generalizations to kind of go from. So the business of Christmas movies on Netflix comes to Chico. That's cool. Uh, moving a little further outward, I have an article here from early, early December from the Chico ER. I get... A lot of my local news I do get from the Chico ER, like I've said before. It's the only newspaper I subscribe to. I don't need to subscribe to the New York Times or the Washington Post. I can see that stuff anywhere. But Chico, of course, has got the local news, which is what I, the reason I like to subscribe to the ER. So I would recommend it. It's very inexpensive. I think it's only, if I remember right, it's only 4 or $5 a month, and uh, you get to you know, read all the articles and I think, you know, I, when I go through my own bank and I look at all my monthly subscriptions for this, that, and the other software, it really does add up. But when you, when you first sign up for something at four ninety nine, you figure, well, it's only four ninety nine, or it's only nine ninety nine for, I know I pay for extra storage space on Google, uh, Google drive to store all my, uh, all my scans and papers. But man, those 999s add up when you have five or six of them every month from coming from different places. Uh, I also use um, Adobe. That's a that's a 1999 subscription that gets me anything I need for photography. Even though I I'm a very I'm very much an amateur photographer, but I do enjoy it. So that's a well worth it um, subscription for me. The Adobe. Lightroom and Photoshop to get all that for only 20 a month to me is kind of amazing. Plus it comes with a lot of storage 
So all the pictures I've ever taken are safely stored in the cloud, and it's still only $19.99 a month. So that one I enjoy. But you do need to look at your bank every now and then and make sure you're not paying for something that you really aren't using. I've gone through and found a couple that I had to just cancel because I really wasn't using them, and they were costing me you know, $7.99 a month, and I wasn't using them. So I'm moving out a little further from Chico now, but we're still in Butte County. This is the uh, Orville title of this one is Orville residents expressed mixed feelings about city's constitutional Republic declaration. So the city council meeting uh, was heavily attended by supporters of the revolution. About 10 who spoke before the council. Sounds like they're saying that nobody really understood what it means. In a nutshell, the resolution states that as a constitutional republic, the city of Orville will not enforce any executive orders by the state of California or by the United States federal government that are overreaching or clearly violate their constitutionally protected rights. Well, if you listen to Business Buzz a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were going through the Bill of Rights just to kind of refresh our memory. And for those young people who've been educated since about 1999, uh, it's probably the first time they've heard those because based on what I can tell, and from when my son was in high school about 12 years ago, he learned some, he learned some, but I think it's, it seems like it's been going away. And I mean, when I was a kid, we learned a decent amount about it. Of course, when I went to law school, I, like I've said, my favorite course was constitutional law, and it's just very uh, fun to read. Fun to read the cases that involve things like uh, freedom of the press and freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. They're just really fun cases, and uh, it really, when you when you read those Bill of Rights, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand what they mean when it says. The right of this shall not be abridged. Uh, you know, how many ways can you read? You know, it's like Clinton, uh, what's the definition of is? It's like, how many ways can you read that? So anyway, Orville is a, can't remember how they describe it again. I got to read that. A constitutional republic. And that, you know, to me, it makes sense. I, I have no problem with it. I think anytime a state or federal government obviously overreaches, which has been going on pretty much constantly for the last year and a half, if you know what I mean, uh, I think it's a real good idea to not follow their guidance. And remember, mandates and guidance are not law. That's the other thing children should learn. They used to call it civics. I don't even know if they teach it anymore. If anybody forget forgot, the legislature is the one who passes laws, not the president, not the governor. It's the legislature. So, you know, just because a governor says something, that is not a law. Laws are made by the legislature. And anybody who didn't know that could be because no one ever taught you that. Or maybe you just weren't paying attention that day that you had that civics class in fourth grade. I think it was fifth grade that had U.S. history. It's like every third year you had U.S. history, world history, and something else. I think it was fifth grade at U.S. I always enjoyed that a lot. I used to have such respect for our fearless leaders. Yeah. Then, I, then I woke up. Then I grew up and woke up. 
my main wake up was when I was in high school and my brother was in college, there was a guy, I think it might've been, it might've been Mark Lane. I'm not sure, but it was one of the, it was the original JFK assassination uh, investigators. And this would have been in the early 70s when my brother went to a, you know, probably at the theater there at Cal State Hayward. That was, used to be called CSU Hayward. Now it's called CSU East Bay. I guess nobody wants to be associated with Hayward, the town that I grew up mostly in. Um, Oh yeah, Hayward. I spent a week there one day. It's just that kind of place, and it's gotten worse and worse. When I was a kid, it still had a nice downtown with clothing stores, toy stores, uh, women's clothing, men's clothing, you know, typical typical American downtown. It was pretty nice, actually. It had a Joseph Magnon, which was high magnet is the high-end one that's in Union Square, but there was one called Joseph Magnon that was for women's clothes. That wasn't That was fairly high-end. They had a Grodens and a Smith's. Does anybody remember Grodens and Smith's? Those were like men's men's wear chains back in the 60s. Uh, they had two toy stores in one block. I'll never forget. One was called Birdie's Toys and one was called Toys and Hobbies. And when I first started my interest in stamp collecting, I remember buying a few stamps at Birdie's Toys. But, oh, they also had the Skaggs. Sporting Goods, which was a two-story store with everything you need for your Little League uniforms and your baseball bats and gloves and golf balls and baseballs. So anyway, downtown Hayward was a pretty nice place when I was growing up. It is not fun anymore. Uh, Last time I was there was about five or six years ago, and I've promised myself to never go back. It took me about 45 minutes just to drive around the downtown Somewhere near 5 o'clock on a weekday, it was horrible. So it's just become a big commute center. All the good restaurants are gone. Now they just have a few chains out, you know, chain restaurants near the freeway. You know how that goes. I'll be right back after this break. We're going to talk a little bit more about Orville. Then we're going to enlarge our scope and move out our vision. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. Glynn County Transit Service at 225 North Dehama Street in Willows says this holiday season, let's remove the heartache from our disadvantaged children and replace it with love by joining the Toys for Joy mission. Do your part and open your heart for the less fortunate youngsters in our community. This message is brought to you by the staff and operators at Glynn County Transit Service. For further information, please call 888-800-7433. That's 888-800-7433. Glynn County Transit Service. Be sure to listen to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries, Monday through Fridays at 10 a.m. on Life Radio, KKXX, AM 930 and FM 104.5. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and Saturday morning at 8 here on KKXX. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. 
Attention KKXX listeners. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 8 a.m. for Hope for Today. We are excited to have the opportunity to air the Hope for Today program with David Hawking. Please make sure to support the ministry work of David Hawking and all the other wonderful ministries that allow us to spread the good news of Christ here on the North Valley's home for Christian talk. KKXX 930. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, and uh, I was just eyeballing this article about Orville, and my exact point I was making a few minutes ago just popped up in this article, so I'm going to read it because it's exactly on point with what I was talking about. So they're they're quoting someone who loves who no someone who hates this constitutional deal. It says Orville resident. I won't even mention the name. I don't know if that's slanderous or what, because I'm going to definitely knock the what they're saying. It says, Orville resident uh, Jane Doe has lived in Orville for many years. She gave her, what the heck? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed a line of printing. Anyways, it says, I'm a law-abiding citizen, Doe said. I happily pay taxes. I help provide meals for the homeless and have a long history of being involved in the community. I think this is very bizarre. I look to politicians and leaders as a model. I think it is humiliating to have our leadership devise state and federal mandates. Defying law is not a good thing for politicians that have been elected by the people to do. Now, did you catch the way that, did you catch the logic and how it just got flipped in the middle of a sentence? I'll I'll read that again. See if you can catch exactly what I was talking about. I think it is humiliating to have our leadership defy state and federal mandates. Defying law is not a good thing. That proves my point. Here's another person who never took a civics class and, for all we know, didn't even get a high school degree based on that logic. Because first she's saying the leadership should obey mandates, then it turns into defying law is not a good thing. Mandates are not law, lady. That's my point. Anyway, it's it's a pretty interesting article. Of course, you know, you can guess where I fall into place on this. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just too many people deciding what everybody's supposed to do and they don't have anything to back it up. That's That's my opinion. So now, moving along, this is more of a national business item. How about the business of book deals? Now, I'm not talking about the hardworking fiction writer who finally gets a publisher to agree that it's a good book and they get a $5,000 advance and they end up making two or $3,000 of you know 5% royalties off of a few sales in the Barnes and Nobles that are, that are still open. That's not the book deals I'm talking about. I'm talking about the book deals like Governor Chris Christie. Former Republican, and this is from uh, 
Breitbart.com. Some, some people would say that's, you know, some kind of QAnon nutcase website. But, hey, I figure got to read all the different stuff and you decide for yourself what's true. That's the way I look at it. So former Republican New Jersey Governor Chris Christie's book on how to save the Republican Party sold only 2,289 copies its first week per book scan. And this is the first of a two-book deal Christie set up with his publisher. Amazing. 2,289 copies. What makes this, this is the article, what makes this especially gratified is knowing all the media appearances Christie did to promote his failed book, which is advertised as a guide to saving the Republican Party. Hmm. Well, I won't get into that at all. I don't think Chris Christie has anything to do with the future of the Republican Party. But my point is, who is promoting this as the savior of the Republican Party? And how much did he get paid for his book? book that sold 2,300 copies, and why was he paid that? That would, be the, that would be the pertinent questions to ask. Just another opinion of Business Buzz, another opinion of Harold Littlejohn CPA, like it or like it or lump it. That's my opinion. I'm looking at through a couple other articles here. See what else I brought. Oh yeah. We can get into the rest of those amendments today. That'll be fun. If I run out of time. I mean if I don't run out of time. I always run out of time eventually. Okay, so how about the business of sports? I got a real interesting article here from Sunday, December 12th. From my favorite news feed, zerohedge.com. It's not the best, but it's a good one. It's sort of okay for mixed company. It's not really far off the beaten track. It pretty much... It doesn't go right down the middle, but it doesn't stray too far off of the fairway, if you know what I mean. But it's a good place to see news that you won't see on the TV. So anyway, this article, which is, it's a, it's related to, I think, one of the funniest things that's ever happened on news on TV. The title of the article is Titleist. That's the name, that's the brand of, I believe, the best-selling golf ball in the world. Titleist. Titleist bans Let's Go Brandon personalization of its golf balls. It says don't try to personal. See, you can order Titleist golf balls with your own personalization, like your name or your company logo or your slogan or whatever. So it says uh, don't try to personalize your Titleist golf ball with the popular phrase Let's Go Brandon. The golf equipment company bans customers from doing so on its website alleging that the saying is inconsistent with its values or brand identity. 
When one tries to customize a golf ball with that message, one receives a notification stating, Sorry, one or more of the words you have chosen cannot be used. Please see our terms and conditions to learn more about what we will imprint. It says, Titleist Terms and Conditions reads, A Kushnet company, the parent company of Titleist, reserves the right to reject orders for imprints on our products that may, in our sole discretion, be inconsistent with our company values or brand identity, including but not limited to logos, designs, and or personalizations that are negative in nature, advocate violence or illegal activity, or are slurs, hateful, threatening, libelous, defamatory, vulgar, obscene, or pornographic. As Fox News noted, it is unclear which of these categories the phrase Let's Go Brandon violated. The outlet added certain political and vulgar messages that Fox News Digital tested on the website did not receive the air message, including F. Trump, ACAB, Antifa, Kill Cops, Impeach Trump, and Kill Trump. Let's Go is an upbeat exhortation. Brandon is a common name. Whether apart or together, they're all certainly not threatening, libelous, vulgar, obscene, or pornographic. Let's Go Brandon is not a slur, which means an insinuation or allegation, nor is it defamatory, the definite of which is damaging the good reputation of someone. Neither does it advocate violence or illegal activity. Is it hateful? Not in its face. Its symbolic or figurative meaning could conceivably be construed as such, but even that is relatively mild compared to so much else in our coarse modern society. And it is as nothing compared to what was directed at Trump every day of his presidency. So F Trump and Kill Trump are not inconsistent with the Kushnet's company values or brand identity, but let's go Brandon is. Anyway, I thought that was very funny because that's still to me the that's the funniest news story of the of the last two years in my mind. If you don't know what it's about, it's too late to educate you. You should have known by now. Oh, middle of the show. I'll be right back. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back. Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Kinson at Community Church of God in Chico. Community Church of God has been a fixture in Chico for many years and now will be coming to you over the airwaves. Our program is called Your Message for Today, broadcast on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We hope that you enjoy the Bible-based teaching and preaching that will be featured on these programs. We'd also like to extend to you an invitation to come and visit us at Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue in Chico. Our services are at our 11 a.m. Sundays and Bible studies at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Come 
and worship with Community Church of God. Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue, Chico, California. And our phone number, 530-345-4300. That's 530-345-4300. God bless you. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, taking a well-deserved break from my work at my desk. I'm hopefully keeping you entertained. I hope you're having a nice afternoon. Oh, so many stories, so little time. How does anybody handle all this? I've got a couple of articles that I'm interested in. I think I'll start with this one. Oh, business. This is business buzz. How about the business of medicine? Well, first, I'm just going to ramble a little bit. I was started to tell you earlier in the show, and then I completely lost track, that my brother, as a college student, came home raving about the presentation he had seen at Cal State, Cal State University Hayward back in the early 70s that was all about the anomalies of the JFK assassination and uh, what was very, very strange about that whole, that whole thing. The reason I mention that is that that is pretty much the time where I began waking up, and I was probably 15 years old at the time. And so I started reading books and things about JFK And then I also read, um, I can't remember the name of it right now, a real good book about the assassination of RFK, which was in 1968. There's also good books about the um, Martin Luther King was in 68. Real good books about that. Remember James Earl Ray? That was a very, very strange situation too. So at the age of 15, I start not believing what I was told for the first 15 years of my life. That's where I just started reading alternative news as a regular, a regular thing. Now I wasn't obsessed with it. I mean, I was, I was still in high school at that time. I went to college. I went to Chico state, enjoyed my college life, got my accounting degree. Uh, I didn't do a bunch of investigative reading all those years, but it was always something where I, I would just always pretty much, you know, poo poo the, the news I was watching on the TV because after reading quite a bit about JFK, that case alone will give you enough pause to question everything you've ever heard. Once you start really reading about some of the things that have happened regarding that. So 
So you got to picture me at age 15 realizing that I don't believe what I've heard anymore. And maybe, maybe a lot of this stuff is not true. So that led me to all the reading I did in the 80s. I've said before, I, I even subscribed to a newspaper that came out weekly called The Spotlight. And I subscribed to that for years and years. I saved them in boxes. And this is pre-internet. So this would have been during the 80s. And it was the only place to get that kind of news. And it had articles about, oh, bad things going on at the White House and uh, crooked money stuff going on with the banks. And it was a really good, it was a really good subscription I never missed. I always had the spotlight. And then I would make copies of good articles and you know, give them to people I knew and try to convince them to think, at least open their mind a little bit. In fact, on the front page, the banner of the spotlight was a quote from, I can't get it exact, it was from Oliver Wendell Holmes. I believe he was a Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. I should know that as a law student, but I, I don't remember at the moment. And the little banner quote like all the news that's fit to print that the New York Times used to say. Um, I think now the Washington Post's banner is, uh, you know, your way out of the darkness or some such nonsense. But the banner on the spotlight was from this Oliver Wendell Holmes quote, a mind once expanded to a larger idea never returns to its original size. And that's how I feel when I look back at when I first started reading about JFK and, you know, once you've gone there, you can't go back. It's kind of like once people wake up, you can't put them back to sleep. And that's, that's sort of where I'm at. And that's why I enjoy these kind of articles so much. And of course you have to do your own research. You have to decide who is telling you the truth. You have to read more than one side of all these stories and don't listen to me. I, I'm not a, professional at all. And even if I was, you still shouldn't listen to me. You should read your own, do your own reading and make up your own mind. I'm not telling you that I'm right. I'm just saying here are some alternatives to what you think you've been told is correct. It may not be correct. So this is an article from John Rappaport's blog. And his name is spelled R-A-P-P-O-P-O-R-T apostrophe S. John Rappaport's blog. I've read his stuff over the years. So the article is called, oh, we we're talking about the business of medicine. So my point was, I got to back up a little. Once I read that JFK stuff, I knew that there's a big, big major problem with what really goes on with what people are told goes on. And I guess as long as 80 or 90% of the population believe what they're told that everything goes along fine for another 50 or 60 years. And that's kind of the way I look at that as far as like, like I say, it started for me with the JFK thing. So now we're in the business of medicine. And honestly, um, I, in the past, I didn't have any real reason to not be, uh, you know, a fan of medicine and doctors and my brother was a surgeon. I thought he made way too much money for, you know, but that's just the way the system worked. I, I remember telling him, you know what, if, if my clients could walk into my tax office 
and have their insurance pay me 10000 bucks for my tax preparation, I'd make a lot of money too. And of course, that didn't go over that well at the, the family holiday dinners, but that's just the way it is. And uh, so now, as I, I'm older, I've been awake. I consider myself awake for, like I say, since the early 70s with my JFK reading, RFK reading, MLK reading, and numerous other stories since then. I am now starting to have a major, major problem with the whole medical industry. And I'm just going to read part of this uh, article. It's called U.S. Hospitals Fraud, Murder, Cash, Federal Assassination for Hire Program. It says, Attorney Thomas Renz and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services whistleblowers have calculated a total federal payment to hospitals of at least $100,000 per COVID patient. Says the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, a private medical organization founded in 1943, has the story Biden's Bounty on Your Life, Hospitals Incentive Payments for COVID-19. Authored by Elizabeth Lee Vliet, MD, and Ali Schultz, JD. Here are stunning excerpts. Upon admission to a once-trusted hospital, American patients with COVID-19 became virtual prisoners subjected to a rigid treatment protocol for rationing medical care in those over age 50. They have a shockingly high mortality rate. As exposed in audio recordings, hospital executives in Arizona admitted meeting several times a week to lower standards of care with coordinated restrictions on visitation rights. Most COVID-19 patients' families are deliberately kept in the dark about what is really being done to their loved ones. The combination that enables this tragic and avoidable loss of hundreds of thousands of lives includes one, the CARES Act, which provides hospitals with bonus incentive payments for all things related to COVID-19, testing, diagnosing, admitting to hospital, use of remdesivir and ventilators, reporting COVID-19 deaths and vaccinations, and two, waivers of customary and longstanding patient rights by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Hmm. This is not good. Anyway, as you can see, I mean, anybody intelligent that reads this stuff has got to at least start, start doubting just how wonderful our medical world is. Um, I know for a fact that being a, helping my brother with his taxes all those years, almost all doctors have had to join some kind of group or become employees. Very few have been able to stay as self-employed independent doctors without being obliged to be going along with all these groups and uh, associations and all this stuff. So they've pretty much, in my opinion, they've pretty much made the medical industry another top-down, federally regulated, you know, along with the ADA for the insurance. They've pretty much taken it over in the last 20 years and just made it another giant federal bureaucracy being run by unelected people like, uh, you know who, you know who I mean, Dr. F, um, the one some people call Mengele. Um, they've pretty much made that a top-down, federal, federally funded uh, group that you can't really fight against. You can't, can't do much about it at all except try to stay away from them. 
if possible, I understand I'm not a doctor, so this isn't medical advice, but I honestly feel that unless you're like really sick, stay as far away from those places as you can. I know of a lot of clients who had an elderly patient last year in a nursing home and they weren't even allowed to visit because of this, you know, this questionable thing that we supposedly went through. And, uh, these families weren't even allowed to visit their dying mother. Unbelievable. And, uh, so it, anyway, that's just my feeling. I'm not a doctor, so don't take my advice. But my brother's one, and I saw how much money he made. Okay, I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. It's a bright new day. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and there's never been a better day to try Mount Shasta spring water. Hi, I'm Bob the Drop. I come from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta. I'm bottled at the source. It doesn't get more cool and refreshing than that, and it's delivered right to your door. Yep, pure and simple. Naturally the best. Start your bright new day by calling 1-800-922-6227 to order some of the best tasting water on the planet. Mount Shasta spring water. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. What's your favorite part of Christmas? Just being with family. Just having family and friends around. I think it would revolve around family. Get together with family. Being with family and friends. Here's a question. What part of Christmas really gets under your skin? Just being with family. Just having family and friends around. I think it would revolve around family. Get together with family. Being with family and friends. Many of the things we love about the holidays can also be the very things that stress us about the holidays. But remember, the best Christmas memories will always be found in family. You found Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, taking a much-needed break from real office work and having fun on Business Buzz, trying to hopefully give you some kind of interesting ideas to to chew on. Not legal advice, not medical advice, not financial advice. Just a a layman's second opinion. I mean, being a CPA doesn't really grant me much of anything except I do a lot of income taxes, but there's a lot of CPAs who don't even do taxes. They do accounting and auditing, and there's a whole world of CPA types who don't do anything like what I do. I just chose to do taxes because my father did it, and I saw that it uh, was a good living. He was able to help a lot of people, and I get to talk to people every day and hopefully help them. That's my goal. So last time I was going through the Bill of Rights because there's too many people like that woman in Orville that I 
read that quote from that have no clue what they're talking about, that didn't, that slept during their civics lesson in fifth grade. So I'm going to go through the last six of the amendments and uh, I'll give you my layman's uh, law degree opinion. I'm not an attorney. I have a law degree, but that and a quarter might get me a cup of coffee. But so let's talk about Amendment 5. That's the Fifth Amendment. When you hear people say, I'll take the Fifth, this one's got quite a few things in it. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arriving in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Okay, so right there, everyone that's going to answer to a crime has to be indicted by a grand jury other than military. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. Okay, that's the old thing about you can't try someone uh, double, that's called double jeopardy. You can't be tried twice for the same crime. Uh, Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. Okay, that's the one where you take the fifth and you're, you cannot be compelled to testify against yourself. Uh, so that, that's a biggie. Nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So that's due process. Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Well, that's the old uh, condemnation thing where they, they take your house because they need to build a freeway on-ramp, and you better hire a bunch of attorneys because you have to have just compensation. And of course, they'd like to pay you less than it's worth. And you want to make sure you're at least getting paid um, fair market value. So that's that's the just compensation clause in uh, Fifth Amendment. Sixth Amendment. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, that's like, you know, Butte County, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Okay, that comes back to that thing on Dragnet where, when they arrest someone, they say you have the right to an attorney, and if you can't afford one, one will be appointed. That's what they call the public defenders, and uh, everybody has the right to a defense attorney. Okay, the Seventh Amendment. In suits at common law where the value of controversy shall exceed $20, of course, that's not been adjusted for inflation. That would be about $2,000 now at least, probably about 5000 the right of trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. So unless there's like some kind of uh, mistrial or something like that, once it's tried by a jury, that is pretty much the final answer. You can't get him again. You can't accuse him again for that crime. There are a bunch of, I mean, I'm, they're in law school. It was confusing and I wasn't the valedictorian, trust me. But there's a lot of outs on that double jeopardy thing, and it's kind of weird. I'm not an expert, so I don't even want to talk about it a lot, but there are quite a few outs where when things seem like double jeopardy, it turns out 
They really aren't. And uh, I just won't get into that myself because I'm not a practicing attorney and I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Ooh, Eighth Amendment. Excessive bail shall not be required nor excessive fines imposed nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. So that's a, that's a pretty general one that kind of makes sense. Ninth Amendment, the immuneration of, in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So in other words, you can't argue that since it's not mentioned in the Constitution or in the amendments, people don't have that right. So that is very important. So that Ninth Amendment is huge. Retained by the people just means we have all these rights from birth. And if we're a citizen of the U.S., even even non-citizens have some rights. And um, that's the whole point of all these mandates and uh, mandates and guidances. Those are not laws, and they cannot abridge your rights. They can't do it. In other words, the Constitution doesn't say, Oh, and these 10 amendments don't apply if there's a medical emergency or if there's a pandemic. It doesn't say that. So none of these are ever abridged by anything. Okay, then the 10th Amendment is also like ninth. It's very important. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So in other words, that's another one where if it's not mentioned here, it belongs to the states and or the people. So this whole thing was designed to be from the ground up. And if you notice, uh, one side of this political spectrum we're, we're dealing with these days, they want everything to be federally controlled by Washington, the police forces, the school boards, uh, everything should be top-down, you know, blanket federal rules on everything. But if you look at what's actually happening right now, it's the local people like going to the school boards, going to the city councils, and starting to exercise their power as the people who decide all this stuff. That's the key. It needs to be, and this whole constitution was limited. They limited the federal government because they wanted all the power to still be with the, with the people at the local level. So anyway, that was my little civics lesson for today. I, I had gotten through the Fourth Amendment last time I brought that out, but um, I just wanted to go through the rest because there's so many people that have really have no clue um, what they even, they don't even know what their rights are. You know, they put their masks on walking through the park and, think that it's a law? That's not a law. Oh, speaking of which, I know we have a new mask mandate coming tomorrow. I'm very, uh, I'm, starts December 15. I'm very curious to see how that all plays out because I know being a CPA, I know quite a few business owners who I don't believe are going to fall for it the second time around. You know that song, Love is Better the Second Time Around? How about mandates are better the second time around. Let's see how let's see how far they get. So one of the last times 
on Business Buzz when I did my Course in Miracles diatribe. Turns out the station got a call, and I appreciate that. And somebody mentioned the book of Judas. Was it book of Judas? The Gospel of Judas. And that was really interesting. So I've, I went ahead and did a little bit of reading. I'm going to do a little more. I did not know about this. It was, um, it's an old parchment that was written supposedly in A.D. 220, which means, see, we're already 200 years out from the firsthand experience. So that's why anything biblical, anything, uh, anything carbon dated in 220 A.D., don't forget you're about, back then that's probably 10 generations, you're about 10 generations away from a firsthand account. So that's your first warning to be careful. Let me see when this was discovered. Ah, I can't, I can't figure out when this thing was discovered. Anyway. Oh, it was uh, surfaced during the 1970s near Beni Massar, Egypt. And radiocarbon dated to likely between AD 2020 and 340, which means probably 20 to, no, probably 10 to 15 generations away from a first-hand account. Today, the manuscript is in over a 1,000 pieces. Numerous sections are missing. So that's interesting. So basically, it's, it does sound like the Course in Miracles because what it is is it's Judas saying that Jesus actually taught him the real meaning of what Jesus was trying to say and that the other apostles have the wrong version, and that's what ended up in the Bible. So, uh, I mean, now that's my layman's description of what I've read so far, which all I've done is glanced at the front page of Wikipedia to see what this thing's on all about. So I'm definitely interested in looking into this, but based on what I see, it's very, it's going to be very close to the Course in Miracles. And, you know, nobody can prove any of this, but my feeling on the Course is, hey, if it, I'm kind of like the old uh, hippies from the 60s, if it feels good, do it. If, if reading it makes you feel better, makes you a better person, makes you treat people kinder, and, uh, then I'm all for it, and that's why I like it. I can't say that it's true or not, but it's true for me because it works. So anyway, this is interesting. I will look into that. So whoever was the person who contacted the station and mentioned the uh, gospel of Judas, I, I appreciate that. I know the, the uh, gospel of Thomas is an interesting one where it has supposedly actual sayings that Jesus said and... Uh, that's a real interesting one too. In fact, I'm going to look that one up right now because there's some real, there's some real zingers in the Gospel of Thomas, and uh, it's been a while since I've, since I've looked at that. Let me see what I can find. Get out my trusty internet tablet here because that's where everything is housed these days. Remember, it doesn't necessarily true if you read it on the internet, but at least you'll be able to get more than one opinion of what you're looking up. 
That's really the sad part is people who listen to one opinion and don't go any further. So the Gospel of Thomas has some really good zingers. Here's one. And this is supposedly what Jesus actually said. Jesus, I'm going to read one here. Jesus said, if those who lead you say to you, see the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known, and you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living Father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty, and it is you who are that poverty. I do recommend Gospel of Thomas. I'll let you know next time whether the Gospel of Judas is good. I think it will be. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. See you next time. KKXX Paradise, K280GL Chico, and K283AR Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Jason Walker. Airlines facing a barrage of mandates into next year. As if airlines didn't already have enough headaches, including over 1,000 more flight cancellations Monday as pilots and flight attendants called in sick. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci is proposing vaccine mandates be ordered for all domestic air travelers. Industry watchers say that would be a huge economic blow to airlines in 2022. That is correspondent Rich Thomason reporting. U.S. home prices surging again in October as the housing market continues to boom in the wake of last year's recession, climbing 18.4% in October. Authorities have found the car that plowed into a group of children in Florida, killing two and injuring four, but detectives still searching for the man who was driving. Two nine-year-old girls, a 10-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy have been hospitalized. Two little girls, both five, well, five and six, were killed. Also at townhall.com, NATO scrambling its fighter jets hundreds of times this year in order to intercept aircraft in northwest Europe flying too close to the airspace of its member countries. More on that story from Ron DeRoxtra. Nearly 300 of around 370 total missions flown in 2021 were in response to the activities of Russian warplanes. Most of those took place in the Baltic region around Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, where the organization has an air policing operation. NATO intercept flights are a routine occurrence, but despite high tensions between NATO and Moscow over the activities of Russian armed forces near Ukraine's border in recent months, the number of Russia-linked intercepts decreased this year. In 2020, NATO jets scrambled around 350 times in response to Russian planes. Rhonda Rockster reporting. More on these stories at townhall.com. 
is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with Israel Tour. 855-565-5519 or stand with IsraelTour.com. Israel is taking on a major residential building project in the Golan Heights. The latest from Media Line's Michael Friedson. Israel will spend $300 million to build up the Golan Heights. The 700-square-mile plateau was conquered from Syria in the 1967 war and annexed by Israel in 1981. But until President Trump recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan in 2019, Israel stood alone in the international community. The Biden administration has let the Trump policy stand, providing the impetus for the strong action by the new administration. Plans include 7,300 housing units for new residents. Underscoring the importance of the move, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett helicoptered his cabinet to the Golan for its weekly meeting, where he said the population will double in five years. I'm Michael Friedson, Town Hall News, Jerusalem. News and analysis at Medialine.org and townhall.com. Focus on the family helped me by giving me hope when my marriage was falling apart and gave me a reason to push forward.